0: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Selling a little or a lot?
1: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. Good morning, Peter. Good morning.
2: How are you? I am okay. How are you? I'm okay. I think I sound a bit croaky today, but I'm feeling fine. Yeah? Um, could be could be pollen again. Oh, it's been bloody warming up pollen. a bit in the UK. Yeah, flipping pollen.
1: That's outrageous. We had a nice, uh, a nice temperature day yesterday. Yeah. And today it's right is. back to... Heaty Town. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of goes. Yeah, no, no, no,
2: it's
1: easy. Heaty Town. There it is. Da, yeah. da, na, 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 na. Pollen. <laughs> T-town. Rubbish. Welcome yeah. everybody. This is a video game podcast. We assure you. Each and every week we are sponsored by a brand new video game related slash adjacent sponsor. This week I have the ad read in front of me. Are you ready for it, Peter? It's a a doozy. They're paying a lot of money. Oh, are they? Goodness me, that's good to know. Yeah, let me know. So, this is a new sort of initiative uh, forged by CD Projekt Red, Mm -hmm. developers of The Witcher and uh, upcoming Cyberpunk 2077. Of course. And they've realised that their games, they feature a lot of boobies and Wilsons and Mm. they want sort of a character that can appeal to children. You know? Right. Sort of like a, a, a catch-all mascot, if you will, that harks back to the late 90s and the early noughties, where everyone's imaginations can be captured. A, a kid-friendly CD Project Red character that everybody can love and will make them a load of money. So, yep. exclusively, I am thrilled to unveil Cyber Skunk Jenny Blenheim Bevan Je- Jenny Bl- so, say that surname again so it's the, there's the cyber skunk she's a skunk and oh she's, sorry her
2: first name is Jenny yeah. so her
1: first name is Jenny and then her last name is hyphenated Blenheim Bevan
2: Blenheim Bevan yes okay. cyber
1: skunk Jenny Blenheim Bevan
2: Jenny Blenheim Bevan yes exactly do you see what they did there I do see what they did there, yeah. Um, so are they are they putting CyberSkunk into an existing game slash franchise, or is, th- is that a whole new IP that's going to, you know, is it going to sort of spin off and become its own thing?
1: Well, as it's for kids, um, mm. obviously they can't play the actual Cyberpunk 2077. No, of course not. Um, and so what they're going to do, as it's for kids, is they're going to make a free-to-play mobile game, uh, absolutely packed full of microtransactions, right? And they're going to—it's going to have a little message that pops up at the start, and it's going to say, "Make sure you're playing this on Mummy or Daddy's phone, because then you can buy the the Cyber Skunk gems, so Jenny, Blen and Bevan doesn't run out of energy, and she can yeah. just she can go forever, right?
2: Yeah, so because Mummy and Daddy have their their credit card linked. They've instantly. got the
1: magic plastic, haven't they, that makes mm. Jenny not be tired anymore. And yes. that's that's what you need. So that's that's the goal here. Cyber Skunk, Jenny, Blenheim, Bevan. It's going to be the star of a new mobile game for kids. And hopefully, you know, we'll build a, a sprawling franchise off the back of that films, merchandise, all that kind of stuff. You know, it's very exciting. Could you
2: uh, spell Blenheim Bevan for me? Yes, of
1: course. Blenheim as in Palace. right? B-L-E-N-H-E-I-M. Yeah. And then Bevan as in founder of the NHS. B-E-V-A-N. Right. Blenheim-Bevan. Yeah. Perfect. Got yeah. Got it. Yeah. Well, it's a shame you got it, because thats it's a load of baloney. It's not true. Oh, what? Come yeah, on. Yeah, no, I know. It seems so real, this one. God. It's a lie. We got you. We got everyone at, at home as well. No, of course, we are not sponsored by Cyber Skunk, Jenny, Blenheim-Bevan this week. We are, we are, of course, sponsored by our wonderful patrons. Not over. Not this a, week. Not this. <laughs> maybe next week. Uh, Wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump where for as little as 25 cents, that's about 20p a week or $1 per month, you can support us and get the ability to ask questions on this show. We have other tiers available as well different amounts of, uh, of of financial support but it's all very much appreciated and as i said yes you can ask questions for this podcast and some people have done that just like just
2: like paul and bevan <laughs> uh is paul bradford brown it's a hyphenated surname a very good one mm. paul bradford brown thank you uh hi dudes in the previous podcast you mentioned oh hang on hang on ben just a just one flipping flopping minute. Oh, Where we...
1: Wait, that's a good point. It always happens. Where are we walking right now? I think we're walking through uh Cyber Skunk Jenny's Blenheim Palace.
2: Right. So you is want... that just a regular picture of Blenheim Palace or is James gonna have to no, make a cyberpunk No, style? don't worry about it,
1: James. It's just it's just Blenheim Palace. Maybe it's got a really <laughs> big pair of shades on it. I don't know. You
2: make up you make it up. Right, perfect. Maybe okay, it's got a, good. like
1: a nose piercing or something.
2: That's yeah. cyberpunk, isn't it? it? It can take its arm off and just put something yeah. else on instead.
1: Maybe the West yeah. Wing is is made of metal.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. And has Perfect. knives in it. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Someone else who's made of metal and has knives in him is Paul Bradford Brown, he, yeah, who says. Does. Hi, dudes. In the previous podcast, you mentioned about remasters and re-releases and how they could be a gateway to new fans of the games or franchise. Has this ever been the case for you? For me, it was uh, with the Yakuza Kiwami. I'd barely even heard of Yakuza franchise before it came to Xbox Game Pass, but now I've fallen in love with it. Oh, yes.
1: The Yakuza is fantastic. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's very it's a very good series. Historically, has only been on PlayStation. I think maybe with Kiwami or certainly one of the more, more recent ones, uh, it's come to Xbox as well. So I'm glad that Xbox owners get to experience them because they're very good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, do you have one in particular? A remaster, uh, a remake, or a re-release?
2: I've got I've got sort of two that are kind of they they qualify, but they're probably not exactly what people are think. You know what? what uh Paul is is thinking about and then I've got one one more that's more of a proper answer so mm. um uncharted uh, the Drake collection and the last of us both of those I played for the first time on ps4 with their HD re-releases mm-hmm. um so you know those those were very much just you know simple remasters uh they they'd just been you know brought out in a nice shinier form um and really the the reason I played them in that form is simply because I didn't have a PS3. You know, I had a 360, and then went back to Sony again. Um, so you lent me, I think, uh, certainly your your Drake collection, but maybe also was it your copy of The Last of Us that I played as well? I think it might have been. It's,
1: it's entirely possible, yeah, because when we were at um, What Culture, we got sent because I think Uncharted Four won a BAFTA,
2: and they sent gold us a joystick, controller, gold joystick, I think.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, one of the two. Yeah. They sent us a controller and a copy of the game, and you took the copy of the game home. I'm like, well, you yeah. need some context for it. Uh, so I think I may have l- have loaned that to you. I'm not sure about the Last of Us, but it's, that's entirely possible too.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I think I owned that. Actually, I, I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But um, so there's those, which you know, I think they definitely they answer the question. Um, but uh, I think the the biggest one for me was actually Crash Team Racing. Which mm. I had played a little bit on other people's PS Ones, and you know, even in the in the lead up to that game being announced and coming out, that the the remaster, I mean, or the remake, um, I had played it. You know, I think we did a a What Culture stream at one point where we played a bit of it, or you know, we'd done we we done things like that. We'd done like maybe we'd done a tournament in it or something like that. So I I'd, I'd certainly had had a go but um I had never owned it I'd never played it in full um and uh when CTR uh, Nitro Fuel came out thoroughly enjoyed that I thought finally this is my opportunity to actually properly get to grips with this game work out how you do this flipping weird boost drifting thing <laughs> I don't get you know I never really had enough time in any one session to truly understand what was going on there and now obviously it makes total sense to me but uh yeah I think that's probably the the main one for me is It's Crash Team Racing, Nitrofield. Nice. Nice. What about you? Most of the games
1: that are being remade or remastered are games that I either have very little interest in or I played at the time. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the remasters are coming from PS3, Xbox 360 era, and if I was interested in in them, chances are I played them at the time anyway. Um, The remakes obviously are, are leaning more towards PS1 era games. Um, And some PS2 games as well, but again, you know, I either played them then, or well, I'm just not interested. You know, just not really that interested in playing uh, the the Crash Insane trilogy, just because it's not really my kind of game. Yeah. Um, But in terms of a a a remake that did, the only one I've got written down is Resi Two, the Resi Two remake, because I didn't play the original game. And as we'll talk about later in terms of, uh, well, I think we've got a question about games that, that we loved from a distance but couldn't play ourselves. Mm. Resi is very much part of that list. And to, as an adult who can now handle their spooks a hell of a lot better than they used to be able to, um, I playing through that game in such a brilliant remake was sort of mind-shattering for me. Yeah. like it's it, Not only is it obviously a really good game, the original one, but the remake was phenomenal, and uh, I think that is that is the the shining example for me of a game that, uh, not necessarily that I'd, I'd not heard of, but you know it it really kickstarted my my love for Resident Evil games and trying to play you know all the old ones and stuff.
2: Of course, yeah, I, I'm the same with Resi three. I mean, not in the sense that that kickstarted a, a love for it or anything. And I again, we've talked about how the fact it's clearly not as good as Resi two, but hmm. uh, in the sense that I'd not played Resi three before ever. Um, I'd just sort of, you know, seen videos of it, and I was sort of aware of loosely what the story was. But uh, yeah, that was that was a really good one for me to to finally just sit down and play yeah. at long last. Yeah,
1: nice. Well, there you go. It's time to move on,
2: Peter. Oh, to
1: find a me. section. Yeah. That uh, we talk about. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, what? What? uh weave. we we yeah. sorry we we what weef yeah weave. yeah no.
2: yeah yeah
1: yeah okay M- go
2: okay yeah mm.
1: it's time for what we play peter what y-
2: y- you 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 playing <laughs> you. you soldier boy tell them <laughs> i uh. flip and did I'll flip did tell him. uh go and ask i have been playing um a couple of things i uh i started streaming on uh on monday um and will continue to do so uh the original version of crash bandicoot 1 whoa um so i mean wow w- whoa, very good uh there's uh, about 8 weeks until crash 4 comes out unless there are problems and it gets delayed in some way uh, by C virus or something else mm-hmm. um and uh, I uh, I wanted to sort of as I said facetiously on the on the chat in the in the in the stream uh, I wanted to refresh my memory on the very complex and uh, interwoven narrative of the of crash Bandicoot trilogy you know um so yeah it's it's not it's not that I need catching up on that but uh you know I, I think there's likely to be... Um, some some interesting references and callbacks and Easter eggs and stuff in Crash 4, and so uh, that's kind of what I'm going for. Is I want to make sure I've replayed every every level semi recently and. You know, I'm just, you know, I I want to be able to truly appreciate Crash 4 for what it is, especially if you've put in any little callbacks and stuff. So, um, yeah. and I've also I thought, like, although I've played the Insane Trilogy before on stream, you know, we've certainly picked up a larger audience since then. And anyone who uh, is, is interested in playing Crash 4 um, in our audience and hasn't played the previous games, then they can, they can sit down and watch me play them for a bit if they like. So I figured it would take... Nearly eight weeks, depending on what level of completion I was going for um and I started crash, thinking that I would be going for one hundred percent um and then i I just did so badly on the first level. i think I'd like to think it's because unfortunately, my muscle memory is slightly switched over to the insane trilogy, which has a bit more fluidity in the movements the The insane trilogy movement is based specifically on crash three um because the three Crash games do all, they do all have slightly different controls, actually. Right. Um, and the insane Trilogy has the Crash-warped controls across the entire trilogy. So I was playing Crash 1 and really struggling with it. Um, and towards the end of the stream, I'd, I'd sort of snapped back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Yes. And uh, worked out, oh yeah, this is how you play this game. I remember now. I had this for years and years and played it all the time. And I managed to do the high road, that bridge level, uh, and also Slippery Climb, that stormy ascent but not as bad level mm-hmm. uh i did them both back to back in a single life i didn't die across either of them wow got the ge- got the gems for both of them and i was like right i can't now finish this stream without having 100 percented the first level of crash one if i've just done two of the harder levels in the entire trilogy so i went back and the issue what, what i'm talking about here is is getting all of the boxes you know it's easy to get to the end of that level but um there's a bit where you have to like Either bounce across a bridge or run across it with um, your triple mask form, um, and I just couldn't do it. If I was bouncing, I was like missing one box and falling down the hole. Or if I was running across it, I was I was just messing up the timing and like falling off. And uh, it took me another like six tries to do that. But oh, yeah. I eventually I eventually managed it. But it was uh, it was. It was a bit soul-destroying, really. Sitting down thinking, hey, I'm a bit of a, you know, I'm not a crash master, but I feel like I'll, I'll be able to at least school a few people who are watching. Yeah. And I was like, you know, in later levels, I was going off to, like, secret areas where you have to just do a leap of faith into a completely empty pit and it, like, suddenly you land on an invisible platform and stuff. And, oh, you know, man. people were in, in the chat were going, oh, wow, I didn't know about this, but I just couldn't do the first level. And it, it was oh, dear. it was really troubling. Um but outside of what I've been streaming and what people already know I've been playing uh, I've just been continuing yet again with my uh with my Skyrim non-stream run all mm. the more because I didn't do any Skyrim this this week uh on stream so I, I had even more of an itch to go back to the game and just just carry on with my uh with my Khajiit who like stealing things What's your Khajiit been up to Uh well not much I found um I can't remember if there's only one or if there are several because I always seem to find this place, and I, I don't, I don't generally, or, you know, I, I, don't go to every dungeon that I pass by. You know, if you see something on your compass, but I am, um, I found, one of the, uh, the dog fighting rings, mm-hmm. um, which, which are pretty cool. So it's like a, you enter like what seems like a regular sort of cave or dungeon, uh, but as you make your way down, you, it opens up into a very large chamber where there's like this little pit. Uh, with cages that have well they're bit, they're wolves really they're not dogs uh and the wolves it's clearly like a wolf baiting uh you know underground like illicit den where they're doing this blood sport that they shouldn't be doing and there's like bags of gold everywhere and loads of like thugs who have come to watch the the wolf fighting and there's a bar it's pretty cool i really like that game i think you know i can see how you and many others oversaturated themselves with it and can maybe never go back to it ever again. Right. But I appreciate the world that Bethesda built there in their buggy ass engine. Yeah.
1: It's amazing. Yeah. Just just imagine what they could have done. I know it's largely their familiarity with the tools that allowed them to to make such an expansive world, but just imagine if they could make that world on an on an engine that, you know, looked not bad and yeah. ran well.
2: Yeah. That would be amazing. I've had people like I do I think it wasn't this week it was uh, I played it the tail end of last week as well where uh, I a guy had died in a doorway and I was still sneaking around no one had I'd, I'd like assassinated this guy and so I still you know the, the, the baddies didn't know where I was mm. um, and I closed the door behind me and it closed on this guy as in the door was completely shut and the man was half on one side and half on the other just clipping through it and then when I opened the door again he was stuck in the door and just flopping around mm. God, it was, it I love was that terrible. one.
1: I do remember having uh friends over when I was a teenager and playing Oblivion. Yeah. And we would intentionally I think we were in what's the the Imperial City, that's the capital, isn't it? Yeah. We were in someone's shop, made a mistake, loads of guards were coming in, killed all the guards, and we'd purposefully dragged them into the doorways and would shut the doors on them <laughs> yeah. so that their heads would bounce off, you know, through the door like one of those um, you know, the the ball attached to it, like a paddle on a piece of string. And you managed to just yeah. like bat the, the ball over and over again. It was like that. And I just remember that being the funniest thing we'd ever seen. And it was it was literally an hour of entertainment.
2: I, I just remembered it happened to us in, um, in the zoo, didn't it? In the first episode. There oh, was yeah. uh, Giles, Giles the oh, doorman. Oh, no Giles. His arm was stuck in the door. He was like standing by the door <laughs> and opening it for us. So yeah.
1: bizarre, but uh, yeah. who knows? You know, when we see Elder Scrolls Six in uh, seven and a half thousand years, mm-hmm. In twenty seventy seven. Maybe, yeah. I think you mean uh, Jenny, Blenn and Bevan. I do. I yeah. think. I think it'll probably be on the same engine, right? It has to be.
2: I guess so. They're yeah. never going
1: to learn ever. No, never <laughs> going to learn. Well, wonderful. Uh, I have been playing Cuphead. And never have I forced my way through a game with such sheer will of fury and attrition than I have with this game. Because dear God, it's bloody irritating. Yeah, the thing that's most irritating about it, it's not like Death Stranding where I I was carried through that game on hate alone. (laughs) I really like this game, but it makes me so angry to play it. Because it's yeah. so frustrating. And I think it's brilliant, obviously. You know, in line with everybody else's thinking. It's just like... Sometimes you, a poor workman blames their tools, right? But yeah. there is definitely... An, your success is definitely tied to an element of RNG. Like, you do have to get lucky with the amount of times he shoots it... This boss shoots at you this this phase the order in which the boss does their attacks because they have one attack that could be cycled in and sometimes they just won't do it and so on and so forth. Right. And so I think there is there's definitely a, an element of skill but also luck. But never and this is sort of proof that maybe I should go back to Sekiro although I really can't be asked is that there's there's real proof that by playing a boss fight endlessly until you know it off by heart. Yeah. is is a is a val it is a valid gameplay type uh, in forcing mm-hmm. the player to just replay over and over again until they get it right, and I don't always have the patience for that. Obviously, I I find it I find it really hard work, and it does make me very angry. And sometimes I'll get all the way to an end of a uh, all the way to the end of a, of a boss fight uh, only to die, and then I'll think right. Excellent. I've now seen all the phases. I know what to expect and what's going to come my way. And then I just die 20 times right at the start. And it's just like, I am so mad, but I, I for the life of me, cannot turn it off. I can't. I have to beat this today or I will go to bed angry. Oh, blimey. Yeah, so it's it's a lot, Cuphead. I think it's really good and I really want to finish it. And I am on World 3 of four i think i'm about 70 percent of the way through because it tells you your percentage when you start up the game and uh man it's really bloody hard and it's it God. makes me it makes me really mad but i love it but i really hate it as well
2: it's i knew it was meant to be hard but not necessarily that hard and it's it's a shame well i don't know if it's a shame but i i uh, I was checking a list the other day that one of our editors had done, and one of the entries was Cuphead. Mm. And I saw the, the footage come up, and it's a very pretty game, oh, isn't it? it? I love yeah. the style and stuff. And I it, it came up on screen. I was like, oh yeah, Cuphead's out. And I was like, oh yeah, Ben's been playing it. I was like thinking, I'd like to do that when I get back to Newcastle <laughs> with my PS4. Like, I'll give it a go. And just hearing that it's that difficult <laughs> makes me think, oh, maybe not. I don't know. That's... I'll give, maybe give it a try, but...
1: It's really tough. I think I had the wrong impression going into it. Um, I I like it just the way it is. Yeah. But I think I was expecting a sort of side-scrolling run and gun, you know, with an element of challenge. But it is ninety mm. percent boss fights, and uh, you you get like a couple of run and gun stages per uh, per world, and there's only four worlds. So, I d- I think it's not quite what I was expecting. Uh, not that that's a bad thing, but. I do, you know, I like a, I like a side scroller every now and then, and there are mm-hmm. some boss fights that are you you fly a plane, so you can you know move all the way up and down the screen while shooting, and yeah. moving around that space with complete free uh, freedom of movement uh, is that that makes those levels make way more sense to me than the other ones. I am way better at reacting and avoiding things, mainly because I was a huge fan of uh, marks games on PS3, the Super Stardust games, and on PS4, uh, Rezogun as well. I became right. very accustomed to sort of maneuvering in that space to avoid objects that are coming towards you and understanding the sort of circular motions you need to employ to get out the way of them. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas I know that some people consider those levels really hard because their brains just... Don't work that way. Like they just, they just don't play games that way. So I think it's some someone will be listening to me talking about this and going, amateur (laughs) idiot. Yeah, it's so easy. But I think it genuinely, it's just I'm learning how to play a game that I feel like I've never played before in terms of Mm. its style. Even though it looks familiar, it's just so hard. Every boss is completely different. Um, so it's amazing. But good God, I think it might be taking years off my life, genuinely.
2: Oh, blimey. Okay. Yeah, it's great. Best of luck with it in the future. Thoughts and prayers. Thank you.
1: Thank you. I I find myself doing a boss for like an hour and a half and then Mm. playing Ghost of Tsushima for two hours to calm down again afterwards. Uh, Yeah. But speaking of which, I I am continuing to play Ghost of Tsushima. Still really enjoying that game. I've... um, I don't think I'm near the end, but I've got to be over halfway now. I'm I'm still doing the, the same thing where I'm just going and doing all the you know all the all the stuff that's on my map, all the little missions and stuff, and then doing the story missions last. So I've now reclaimed the bottom half of the island, uh, completed the story mission that allows me to travel to the north half of the island, and I'm slowly making my way through there. Made a beeline. For the the gold, the golden coloured story missions, those are those are the story missions, the ones that are gold on your map. Yeah. Um, because it would allow me to reclaim my family's armor, and I was like, right, Ooh. I want that. If I'm going to be running around this uh, this beautiful environment, I want to be wearing the coolest looking armor. So I just rode four kilometres in game in a straight line all the way to the very top of the map to do this story mission that was there, and um, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. I like it. I really like it. I've been doing all the optional duels that are available too, where you can fight people one on one. And those are really good too. And I've got some tactics down now where nobody can stop me. I've got all the spinny moves that I've upgraded and I look very Ooh. cool with a sword, Peter. Very yeah. cool. Oh yeah. I can believe it. So it's uh it's really good. I'm still really enjoying it and I'm I'm liking the pace at which I am able to play this game without feeling like, oh God, I've still got so much left to do. It's literally, I will do all the question marks that I will do the little mission in this area. I will capture this outpost. Once I've captured this outpost, that automatically deletes a large chunk of the fog of war that's on the map and will will reveal any question marks of like points of interest there. I'll go complete all of those and then that's it for the evening. Lovely. Lovely. Oh. and it's it's great you just do a little bit at a time and uh yeah i'm really really liking it and i as i said last week i, I think i'm enjoying it more and more i think the the more i hear myself talk about how i don't think it's going to be in the game of the year conversation the more i think i'm actually going to be quite surprised come the end of the year that that people really really liked this game and that's yeah, yeah i've seen it i've seen highly. some
2: people say it's game of the year material or well, not necessarily number one but mm. you know it's it's it should be in the in the top few i
1: think it should win um, some kind of award even if only for artistic achievement cuz it's very pretty it's a very yeah. pretty game um, mm. so yes really enjoying that and i will continue to play it good
2: fantastic well that leads us on to uh, another question mm. uh, this one's from matty manza yes what does matty say hello handsome lads
1: <laughs> oh
0: Stop it.
1: Stop it, Matty. Long-time listener, but first time joining the Patreon. Thank you very much, Matty. Thank you, Matty. What are some aspects of the gaming world that you guys miss dearly? I, for one, miss physical game guides and instruction manuals. Keep up the good work and stay. Being fast, my dudes. Thank you, Matty. Um, Yes, game manuals disappeared in this generation. Uh, They just went. I think The Witcher 3 is probably the only example of a physical game I bought this generation that had a big old thick manual and the box was full of goodies and a little thank you note from CD Projekt Red. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the manuals have gone. I used to love manuals. I remember being enthralled. I mean, everyone's got that story of going into town, picking up a PS1 game and then coming back on, on the bus or in the car and uh, you know, reading the manual before you got home.
2: Yeah, all the way home. Yeah,
1: so Final Fantasy VII had background on all the characters, and I was like, this is amazing. I haven't even met some of these characters yet. Brilliant. Had little character profiles. It's great.
2: Yeah. It's funny that uh, Matty mentions this, because at time of recording, it's uh, it's Thursday. I know this podcast comes out on the weekend, but um, tonight, at time of recording, um, a list is going out on the channel, which is 10... Uh features lost to time. Ten Ooh. video game features lost to time. And one of the uh very high ranking entries is physical game guides and instruction manuals. There we like go. Like it's literally both of them in a single entry. Uh and the rest of the list is basically Matty's question, which is what else do we miss? That's incredible. Um,
1: so make sure you go watch that list. Also, it's worth mentioning, do. actually, that tonight there's a state of play from PlayStation. Confirms yes. that there's going to be limited PS5 stuff there. It's going to focus mainly on PS4, PSVR, and a couple of PS5 games, potentially. But mm-hmm. uh, obviously, we won't be able to talk about it in this podcast.
2: Yeah. Yeah, true. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm I'm with you two, you and Matty, on uh, manuals and and game guides and stuff physical physical bits and bobs you can touch in your hands um definitely uh, but also uh something from that list spoilers that i really miss couch co-op yes um, i've written
1: that down as well split screen. Oh, there you go yeah
2: yeah split screen it's not completely gone but it's certainly on its way out um halo in particular went through a period where it wasn't doing uh, couch co-op and split-screen. I think it's actually coming back for the upcoming Halo game, or it may have even come back in in the previous one. But I think in uh, there was definitely a stint where it wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, likewise, Call of Duty um, used to it used to be a complete staple of that game, and uh, you know then started to started to disappear from some of the games. Um, yeah. So, and we've talked. I think we we heard f- specifically from a developer. I can't remember if it was uh, when we spoke to our friends at Gearbox mm-hmm. or pe- people who used to work at Gearbox or if it's someone else. But I think we were talking about like, so why is that a thing? Why can you not do split screen anymore? Or Why is it being phased out? Is it just because they're trying to encourage you to go online? And it's not necessarily that. It seems that the issue is, and I've never thought about it like this, And but then once it was t- t- said, I was like, oh, that makes total sense. The issue in some cases is simply that the console is doing everything it can to properly render uh, someone's viewpoint in a single-player game. Like you're 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 getting close to sort of maxing out the resources of the console mm. to render a, a single viewpoint like that in single-player. If you then want to do split-screen, yeah, all right. The 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 sort of processing of like the physics and things that's all only happening once, I'm sure, because it's you sharing a world, but. In terms of rendering, uh, you, you, you're rendering the world twice. You simply are. That's how it's. That's, that's what it's doing. So you know you've you've got a, a screen split into two or four, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a bit smaller I know in each case, but yeah, yeah, the the console is having to render the the action twice, and that just because we're so ambitious nowadays, and uh, games are so resource heavy. That's kind of the reason in some cases why it's had to be phased out, which is a shame.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, and that's absolutely the case. It's the very rare games that do let you do it sometimes. I remember Black Ops 4, Black Ops Four, mm-hmm. their, uh, the blackout mode, which was their battle royale. And I've definitely spoken about this on the podcast before. But yeah. when I played that in split screen, the windows in the game were no longer <laughs> see-through. They were opaque because it was mm-hmm. too much effort to render it twice so you were you were at a huge disadvantage in that you couldn't see if people were looking at you through a window uh so yeah not not great but i always appreciate you know the the option when it's there
2: yeah definitely um and at least there are things where it's like single screen action so you know you can still play overcooked or you know i think i think little nightmares 2 might be co-op possibly they've certainly their marketing has been very much like oh it helps to have a friend or whatever so mm. and they may well have actually confirmed it but you know that for example i'm sure will just be two characters on one screen which is not so bad right. all you're doing is rendering a second character you don't need two sets but, of uh, ui or whatever yeah um but um and yeah in terms of proper split screen fps action or driving action as well i'm sure is has taken a a pack seat uh <laughs> in terms of split screen yeah, you know, it, doesn't, it doesn't happen anymore. It's a shame.
1: It doesn't. I've got a couple more here that are sort of definitely explained away by just convenience and just the world moving forward. So ultimately, I'm glad that we are where we are, but I still pine for sort of the nostalgic, these nostalgic moments and, and yeah. how big they used to be. So firstly, not charging controllers was nice. Uh, But obviously we've got the convenience of no longer having to be wired in or sitting a certain distance from the TV. You know, you can sit wherever you want now. Um, Mm. But certainly having controllers that die on you after a while is is a bit rubbish. Yeah, that's true. The other one is magazines. Now, I know some magazines are still around, just about. Um, Mm. And obviously... We get all the information we need beamed directly into our eye- eyeballs from Twitter and various news websites now. Or just Twitter, you know, because the news websites are on Twitter and social media. Yeah. But it felt huge getting a new magazine back in the day. It felt it felt massive, you know. The preview of this game you're hugely excited about. Oh, by the way, this sequel's been announced. And it's like, oh my god, I, I didn't even know what... I mean, obviously you could have probably found this information on the internet if you knew where to look, but it's certainly... Was not as as easy as it is now, mm. and I remember being so excited. PSM Three magazine was my favorite one that I used to read before it uh, got shut down, and yeah. um, that one was I used to I used to love getting that magazine. I think I bought every single issue actually of that magazine. Wow! Um, from from its first one when it moved from PSM Two to PSM Three, all the way until yeah. its final issue, and um, you know, reading they sent a guy. Out to Japan to pick up a PS3, and they had like a three-page story about his adventure going to get a PS3 before anyone else in the UK had one. And then they uh. brought it back, and there's photos of the team stood around it like adoringly, and it was like, "This is a, this is amazing! Look, he's got one, and we'd have to wait another, you know, six, seven, eight months before we got it over here." Um, mm. So, yeah, I used to love magazines, and I think it was, it, I, it's definitely the nostalgic uh, part that that uh, that I think I, I I miss, because I appreciate that I had to pay money for magazines and I don't have to pay money to open up Twitter.
2: Yeah. But even tonally as well, like there was, it seemed like, all right, I'm, occasionally it was probably a little bit laddish actually, but like putting that aspect aside, there always seemed to be this like sense of, you know, they'd be referring to obviously specific writers by name and you would kind of get to know certain people's, quirks and like specific interest like such and such a person always plays uh rts games yeah you know this guy loves pez yeah and the, the you would kind of feel like you knew this like bunch of guys and or girls mm-hmm. um and uh yeah yeah there was and <laughs> it used to be again you know probably probably wouldn't happen now nowadays if uh, magazines were still going as they once were but uh i don't know sometimes it would be like some of the humor would be a little bit close to the bone or like not quite yeah, correct. no
1: absolutely there was a lot of stuff i think uh i think cadigorous uh, cadigorous jesus cadigorous <laughs> made a really good video recently of going through oh, a load did, of yeah. uh, old magazines and yeah they've aged horribly they were very male skewed yeah. very um very sexist they've not held up mm, well sexist, at all yeah. and uh no. but you know as as a as a boy of a certain age, I don't think I even registered that, which was definitely, you know, part of the problem. That's part of the problem, That's part of the yeah, problem, is but... that I had no idea that this was a bad thing. But I certainly didn't emulate any of that behavior in real life. Um, I no. I think it made me... No. I was just there for the games, really. I didn't really care about anything else.
2: Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's definitely... It's, it's it's an artifact from a different time. Mm. And in, in some ways, it, it is... It certainly, there's a nostalgic aspect to it. Um, yeah. Definitely. I'm not. I'm not glorifying the sexism. I'm not saying I'm not. No, absolutely for when it was not. A, it's just okay the, to... the
1: magic of getting getting a book every month that you wanted yeah. to read. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Yeah.
2: And would maybe have a demo disc with it yes, as well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. The free. The free treats. I actually bought, and I'm probably going to do the same when the PS5 comes out. Uh, I bought the special edition official playstation magazine celebrating the launch of the ps4 and i just popped it in my ps4 box so i've still got that somewhere sealed
0: uh, oh, okay, just as, a, as nice. a
1: little memento so assuming official playstation mm. magazine is still around in a few months time uh, fingers crossed they'll do a special on ps5 and i'll buy that too Ah, oh,
2: lovely that's nice yeah. well
1: that was lovely to talk about but here's something that may not be so lovely to talk about because it's yeah. weird Although sometimes weird things are good.
2: And that's okay. I don't know where I'm going that's with this, okay. Peter. What are we doing? <laughs> uh, we're doing a section called Weird News. Oh, are, are yeah, I've got mine. I'm not even... I noticed that you didn't seem to be reaching no, for yours, no. but I didn't want to interrupt the, the excellent impression. The,
1: the verbal diarrhea, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm ready now. What are we doing? Okay. We're doing Weird News.
2: Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's
0: bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST.
2: It's weird. I use... (laughs) oh, I use the same... Uh, letter that's been sitting on my desk for ages from my um, building society every time we do the weird news shuffle oh yeah it's slowly becoming more and more sort of wavy and crinkled what
1: uh, do you want to give us any deets on your building society there
2: Uh, i think it's just an annual i can't can't remember what this is uh here's your yearly reminder about your help to buy isa oh great yeah
1: does it say you'll be able to buy in roughly 2043
2: yeah, it says when uh, whatever that joke was about that game coming out. When that game comes out, I'll be able to buy a. I'll be able to buy a house. Nice. I can't remember what it was now.
1: You talking you're talking about twenty seventy seven?
2: No, no. You said something about a game coming out in like a million years time. Oh. And I said maybe twenty seventy seven. Elder Scrolls Six. Yeah, that was it. Hey, yeah, David. when Elder Scrolls Six comes out, you'll be able to buy a house. So we, <laughs> we got good. there in the end. Very good. In a I've got very a, smooth way. My
1: piece of paper has. um is slightly stained by fish tank water that has spilled on it from oh, time to time. No. It's got a postcode on it, some details about uh, Barbara Piss from Here Comes the Pain when I was remaking her in SmackDown uh, versus Raw. She's six foot six. I don't know if you knew that. Is she? Yeah, she is. She's six foot six. Wow, and I've cannon. got the answers to a quiz we did on Podiats <laughs> from a while ago. <laughs> right. That's, that's still that's just my sitting there. And clearly, yeah. a test of the pen's ink, a, little, a nice little scribble.
2: So there we go. Oh, lovely. Yeah, Yeah, excellent.
1: Welcome to Weird News, everyone. It's where we talk about some weird news. Peter, do you have some weird gaming news?
2: I've got some fairly weird news. I found it a little bit dry this month or this week. Did you?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, admittedly, I didn't look too hard. So I just went with something that I was already kind of aware of, which is weird, but not in the, you know, not in our usual, whoa, I can't believe a streamer got hit in the face by a raven or whatever. Yeah,
2: a magpie. Yeah. I Because actually what I did was, I I don't do this every week, but sometimes I go out of my way to not look at Kotaku because I feel Mm. like, you know, I don't want this to just become the section where we read Kotaku articles. So I went to Polygon, um, couldn't find anything particularly weird on there. I went to r slash gaming news, couldn't find anything weird on there went to Kotaku, and I could find three slightly weird news stories. So they literally just are the home of weird news, and, you know, they should be proud of that. Mm-hmm. They um, are. So, in any case, uh, PSP owners, check your batteries.
1: <gasps> they do doing the explosion.
2: Well, we'll find out. Uh, this is by Brian Ashcraft on kotaku.co.uk. This weekend on Japanese Twitter... PSP battery started trending. Owners of the Sony handheld began noticing that the batteries were swelling up, and in some cases, bursting open. Whoa. The original PSP 1000 and later Slim models are reportedly experiencing battery swelling. The PSP first launched in 2004 in Japan, and as IT Media points out, the other handhelds might have been collecting dust. Um, the old, Sorry, the older handhelds might have been collecting dust. Perhaps neglected. Uh, neglected unplayed PSPs. <laughs> what am I doing Hello? here? Uh, the PSP first launched in 2004 in Japan, and as IT Media points out, the older handhelds might have been collecting dust. Perhaps neglected unplayed PSPs are the cause. Or as Twitter user Takonomi points out, lithium batteries do eventually experience this over time. There are then lots of um embedded tweets in the article showing photos of people's bulging batteries. Uh in one case it's like sort of forced the back of the the you know, the the, the plastic slidey bit that slides on and off to cover the battery. That's been like pushed out. Mm-hmm. Um I'll send you the the photo in, in Slack, but the uh the article will be available in the link dump, of course. Oh, look at that. But physically deforming the console um so yeah lots of people saying just check my psp battery because of this trend and wow look how thick my battery is <laughs> and they really are very rounded a lot of these yeah um so the article continues ic media reached out to sony for comment and was told that batteries have lifespans that, de- that decrease over time Please refrain from using the PSP when the battery has experienced swelling, stated Sony, adding that the handheld should not be used without the battery cover. Be sure to check your batteries, wow, says Brian. Wee.
1: I am surprised this is trending now, because this has been happening for for years. Uh, maybe it was oh, really? the original PSP, because you say it's the new ones, the PSP 1000 and the slim mm. one. So maybe people who own those ones are just experiencing it, but certainly psp batteries have been expanding for several years now (laughs) i've been aware (laughs) of it for some time and yeah it it forces the back of the psp open it like it pops it off because it swells so much my psp battery expanded like that too which is quite horrifying um but yeah it's super interesting that it's suddenly taking off again or at least maybe people are noticing for the first time uh but yeah yeah dangerous
2: stuff I suppose someone just noticed for the first time in, I guess, in Japan and mm. then they maybe did a tweet about it and then other people checked bears and they tweeted about it and that's, that's how these trends happen. Yeah. But yeah, the story is effectively, it was trending on Twitter and loads of people have only just come to the realisation that that is oh, happening. Oh no, <laughs>
1: my PSP yeah. is, is pregnant. Yeah. With a tiny PSP. <laughs> a, porta- a portable PSP. A PPSP. Yes, a PPSP. <laughs> Um yeah. yeah, it's 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 kind of mad. And I don't know I'm sure there's somewhere out there that's still manufacturing third party PSP batteries, but I know it's a real concern that eventually you just won't be able to play this, these these, these handhelds potentially. Yeah,
2: because they'll they will just eventually stop making the batteries and then all the batteries still in existence will one day just yeah. swell and pop. So I'm not sure be the end. what the what the situation
1: is because I'm very I highly doubt that, A, any original batteries are surviving and working now, and mm. B, if they have survived, if they have any charge whatsoever, but I'm not sure if you need a battery that's obviously not swollen in there in order to plug it into the mains and just run it off the mains. I'm, right. I don't know if you if you can have it with no battery in and just have it plugged in. I'm assuming it needs the current to run through a battery to work uh even if it's plugged into the mains so i i don't know it it may genuinely become unplayable at some point
2: you might might be able to close the circuit with just loads of tin foil <laughs> oh god yeah maybe do not do yeah, that Yeah, give on, that a
1: go everyone let us know how on you get our on.
2: recommendation T- but you taste can do it as that. well lick it yeah have, give it a lick you can also you can do that in your um tv remote if you've only got one double a you can put a big tube of foil in the on in the other side and that most TV remotes will uh, will accept that it will close the circuit. Very naughty! Um, You'll
1: kill that again, battery. Again, we don't super recommend fast, that.
2: Yes, we take no responsibility for you electrocuting yourself. But wow, yeah, amazing. Um, have you got some weird news, Ben? I
1: have, and it's Ghost of Tsushima related. Oh, okay. This comes from Push Square and Robert Ramsey. We know that one. Uh, The headline is, Ghost of Tsushima player creates Ishikawa stock, a super advanced tactic for storing arrows. Okay. Um, This latest gem is what Twitter user at XXSeri hilariously calls Ishikawa stock. The gist of it is that Jin can only carry so many arrows at any one time, and if you're using your bow a lot in battle, you can quite quickly run out of ammo. So, in order to carry more arrows, Seri simply fires a few of them into Ishikawa's mostly bold head. So, Sensei Ishikawa is a master bowman who accompanies you on some missions. Right. And basically, this user has discovered that at the start of a mission, if you're near a place that ha- where you can replenish your arrows, you can shoot a load of arrows into Sensei Ishikawa's head... And because there's... uh, The article continues. There's no friendly fire, so Ishikawa isn't damaged by the arrows. And when Jin's supply is running low, he can just walk over to his sensei and restock, automatically plucking them from the old man's noggin. The only catch is that you need to have a specific charm equipped that allows Jin to recover used arrows from targets. So, providing you have that charm, and a a place where you can replenish your arrow stock, you can Mm -hmm. take additional arrows into battle with you by puncturing the head of your sensei.
2: Wow. I'm just using
1: him as a mobile restock unit. That's wonderful. Isn't it? What an amazing I game.
2: Think, I think you used to be able to do that... I think it was a glitch that got patched out, but I think in Oblivion, you used to be able to... Uh, not kill... A, I think what you had to do was find a, an unkillable horse. So I think Shadow the Dark Brotherhood horse, was unkillable. I don't know. Citation needed. I think you had to kill or paralyze a horse so it was like on the ground and you could then pickpocket the horse yes. if you did like yeah. certain inputs and I think as it was sort of coming around like conscious back to consciousness and you could then reverse pickpocket stuff into its inventory mm-hmm. and it would then carry the stuff around for you mm-hmm. um, Yeah, you
1: had a, an unlimited chest that would come with you wherever you went and you just had to yeah. knock out your horse to get access to it a pack mule, yeah, amazing So there we go. That's my weird news.
2: What a brilliant... How how inventive. How inventive,
1: Crazy. Hmm. Our next question, Peter, comes from Philip Reed. We know that one.
2: We do know that one. Clever and talented man, Philip Reed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Philip Reed says... Are there any games or types of games you find you can only love from a distance? By that I mean you do genuinely like or appreciate them but don't especially enjoy playing them. For me, my personal mental health struggles preclude me from playing Silent Hill but I love the atmosphere of the series and watching others play. Or Metal Gear, which I can't seem to get a grip on personally but which I adore for its storytelling and cleverness.
1: Mm. Uh, Thank you, Philip, for the good question. Thank you very much. So growing up... It definitely used to be Metal Gear Solid. I used to watch my cousins play that and think, "This is unbelievable! Look at it; yeah. it's amazing." I specifically remember watching my cousin play MGS two, and I thought it was it was just the most amazing looking game I'd ever seen. And I couldn't, I could, I could not begin to understand how to play it myself, so I didn't. Um, but actually, going back to um, Paul Bradford Brown's question from the start of the show. The Metal Gear Solid collection on PS3 is how I experienced Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 Uh, because Mm. my answer to this question was it used to be MGS and Resi but I've since played all those games now Uh, but Mm. certainly I used to have to only admire them from a distance but to give a more literal answer fighting games, I cannot fight in (laughs) games and I like to watch people be good at fighting games but I will never fight in games
2: yeah Ah, oh, that's a shame yeah yeah i i fighting games it always sort of takes me by surprise every time i sit down with a fighting game that's not either um tekken or soul caliber or i guess maybe some of the other namco fighting games are probably similar i guess them being namco games is why they're they are similar but yeah. uh you, i sit down with mortal kombat and i'm like i just can't play that at all because the control scheme is so different the way that things work. You know, with Tekken, you effectively have one limb mapped to each face button. Mm. And then by combining buttons in a certain way, it'll pull off different moves. And so there's like um, a lot of characters have some of the same inputs. They just do different things. So if you press like both of your fist buttons together, it will do something like square and triangle together with most characters will do an interesting move. So that's the easy thing about um, Tekken. But yeah, you, I played Mortal Kombat and I'm like, what on earth is going on here? I'm like pressing X and I'm blocking or whatever. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm the same outside of a certain, uh, a select few fighting games, which I think I'm okay at. I, yeah, I just can't do them at all. Yeah, um, Injustice as well. I just had no idea what was going <laughs> on. Yeah. I
1: got all right at playing as Nightwing in Injustice, but only enough to scrape through the story in the first game. Yeah. Um, And I got really good at PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale as well, playing as as Cole. You know, the fighting game everyone loves. Um, Mm -hmm. But I've never been able to parlay those skills into uh, Super Smash Bros. Although I've never really attempted to. So who knows? I've never owned Smash Bros. So maybe I could get good at it. But it's a game... It's a genre of game that I really wouldn't get anything out of playing for extended periods by myself in order to get good enough. Yeah. You know, I'd much rather dedicate my the time I have for gaming to narrative experiences or, or I mean, Cuphead sort of goes... It, it flies in the face of this. But games where I feel like I'm actually making some progress and, like, achieving something tangible, you know, something that yeah. rewards me, like a rat in a maze with some cheese. Mm, That's what I like. Give me that. Give me that... Give me that maze cheese. Give me that maze cheese. Give me that dopamine. I don't want to sit there and get mad. Or, yeah. you know, oh, now I can do this... Uh, 12 button combo. Is that great? Who who cares, right? Yeah. I mean, I care to watch someone be good at it, but I wouldn't care to do it myself personally.
2: Mhm. Yeah.
1: Definitely fighting games.
2: Um for me, it's probably um to an extent it's probably the Soulsborne games. Mm. Um but only up to a point. I mean, Philip says, "Are there any games that you can only love from a distance and I, I can't say that you know i'm i'm i love them or i'm obsessed with them i've not even watched any of them through uh in in one go even though i definitely could if i just went to youtube but on the other hand um i whenever i see footage from those games i really like the the boss designs the enemy designs and stuff um i like the sort of ambiguous lore that they've got going on and i, I like that it's sort of western medieval as well that's something that i've always been into in terms of well any kind of fiction or media mm-hmm. um and uh you know that i i just wish that they weren't they didn't have this this model about them which obviously is is the thing that most people love about them um that they're so difficult to play you know i i wish they were just like simple hack and slash games that existed that that, that had this interesting world um but you know i just i have played little bits of several of them and I just it's just too hard for me and I know if I really put the hours into it I would as you say with uh, with Smash Bros get good mm-hmm. but uh yeah it's just I I feel like that would start to take away from what I do like about them you know so right I I think really I should just one day sit down and start watching a a long play or a a series um yeah. which it brings me to my other answer which is walking sims okay. um i it's not necessarily that i don't want to play walking sims or don't like to um but i what i do like about watching walking sims on youtube is if you find the right um the right playthrough of it that's been uh, captured by someone who's already played through the game many times then it completely cuts out any of the fluff You know, with some walking sims, all right, they they generally lead you like on you know in in the correct direction, and uh, you're not going to be stuck for too long. But you know, there can be occasions where you know you don't necessarily know what you're going to do. There's like certain like minor point and click style puzzle elements where you've got to combine a couple of random things, and you're like, what? How? Hello. Uh, But I watched. I remember I watched. Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. I watched that in full. I think it was. Kim Richards playthrough actually, mm-hmm. um, and uh, really enjoyed that, uh, and I've since played the game properly. Um, but also Firewatch, I've not played Firewatch. I've just watched it on. Uh, I've just watched it <laughs> on on YouTube, um, and uh, it's just nice to you know sit down and just appreciate because that's the good thing about those games is they're not really built for the gameplay anyway, uh, for for the most part. So you're not missing out on that. Uh, kind of that part of the experience that you would miss out on if you watched, you know, I don't know, for example, Crash Team Racing on YouTube. Like, that's not going to be as fun to just sit and watch mm. uh, as as having it in your hand. But uh, yeah, you're not you're not missing out on too much by watching uh, a quote unquote walking sim. You're still going to get the story and the characters and the and the visual beauty. So uh, yeah. yeah, I I appreciate them just as much, if not more. As a As an audience member rather than a player,
1: okay, and did you say you yeah. you were the other one was sort of soul spawn games
2: yeah, yeah I think
1: what you need, and I'm not saying we need to do this because you know we have limited time as it is, but certainly mm. what helped me was having a a chaperone like all my favorite experiences in those games have come from playing in co-op with my friends yeah and you need someone who can just take you through it because not mm. only will you have fun way more fun uh but you'll also have backup and you'll you'll be able to share the stories like that is that is how I'd recommend playing those games for the first time to people who want to get into them but can't uh if you yeah. can get a friend who's played it before to just sort of guide you through it it's, mm. I, that's that's how it that's how it worked for me and I've I've not looked back since and it was uh oh man what a series of games
2: yeah no that, that is that's that's how um a fair few games work i think you know that uh particularly if there is if if there is that sort of difficulty aspect to it it just helps to have someone help you out i guess yeah you know, or, or, or give you some pointers even if it's not a multiplayer game if you've just got someone sitting on the on the sofa next to you who's played the game before and says oh now you want to do this and yeah that can that can make all the difference so yeah i think you're probably right
1: mm-hmm. well if i were to act yeah. as your chaperone in a soulsborne game i would be a Big guide, wouldn't I? I'd be a big guide oh, I see. right? I'd be a, a, a big 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 guide. guide. So now it's time to, to move on to the uh big Yeah, big di- guide guide. D- big guide, big guide, it's big guide time. Big discussion time big discussion this week comes from Ollie Larkin. Hello, Ben and Peter. Listening to your weekly podcast is a highlight of my weekend and I want to thank you oh. for your consistently brilliant content. Over the decades, gamers have seen increasingly innovative gaming peripherals. With some being, uh, sorry, some being much wackier than others. I started reading the same line again. With some being consistently brilliant content. A few peripherals can make a big initial impact, but their popularity tends to fade over time. The Guitar Hero instrument, iToy camera, Wii Fit board, light guns, and multitaps spring to mind. What are your fondest memories of using gaming peripherals? And what would you consider to be the most impactful peripheral? P.S. I think Brian Butterfield's Butter Tendo deserves an honourable uh, deserves an honourable mention for its groundbreaking and ultima- I'm sorry, but ultimately flawed innovation to gaming. I agree. Yeah. When are we going to add yeah. Brian Butterfield to the BAFTA lifetime achievement BAFTA gaming lifetime achievement thing, huh? Huh?
2: Yeah, we can talk about him on the on the stream that they do. Absolutely. Just, how, how Just
1: bring up Brian. Yeah. Did have any of you played the Butter Tendo? No?
2: Yeah.
1: No. Oh no, I swore. Oh no. Oh. Oh, right, get the timestamp. Remember time that timestamp. Uh <laughs> yeah, I got it. I got it. Okay. Oh dear. Uh, yeah. Basically, I was going to say amateurs. You call yourself professionals? You haven't even played that, huh?
2: Yeah. Rubbish. What are you doing? What? Who? Who invited you here? God. Silly. Uh, so for me, um, I've not had that many peripherals in my in my gaming life. Um, partly because I've never had any interest whatsoever in Guitar Hero slash slash rock band slash you know those, those kind of games. Mm. Um, I've also never owned a Wii, so I've not had the steering wheel or the Wii Fit board or anything like that. Um, did have an iToy camera for a little bit. I enjoyed that. That was fun enough. And I've also played with light guns at a friend's house. And I remember those at the time were... They blew my mind. I couldn't work out how... Um, how how the TV or how the console knows where you're aiming. I since <laughs> sort of understand how it works. And it's quite clever, really. But it's not got a gyro in there or anything. But, um, yeah, it's clever, clever stuff. But, um uh Ollie Larkin mentions multi-taps. And for me, I think that alone, you know, it's a it's a straightforward, simple thing in in a sense. It just allows your PS1 or PS2 to have four players instead of two. Mm-hmm. Um But uh t- you know, that that was that was a, a game changer, if you'll pardon the uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> pardon mm-hmm. uh, I I used to play uh, Crash Bash with a multi-tap. We used to play Hogs of War with a multi-tap even though you didn't need one because it's turn-based and you, the, the game allows you to pass the controller around but you can also use a multi-tap and have a controller each. Um, so yeah just just being able to play with two extra friends because you know unless you just sort of invited your best friend around to your house um, you know if you invited anyone more than that people would have to sit out and that's okay you know it can be it's okay yeah, it could be patient right. and, you know everyone have a good time and watch the other person play the game but uh yeah if you the moment you plug in that multi tap and everyone can race together in crash team racing um or yeah play play crash bash sort crash games apparently mm. but uh mm. yeah that that definitely uh made a whole lot of difference um but in terms of the most impactful uh, peripheral i think it's got to be surely the N sixty four Rumble Pack, right? Okay, yeah. Because that was, as far as I'm aware, that was the earliest form of um, what do you call it haptic feedback mm-hmm. uh, in a in a controller. And now everyone does it. Literally everyone mm-hmm. has inbuilt vibration in their uh, in their controllers. And I think having vibration in the con- in controllers from PS one, PS two, PS three era uh, has Inspired new uh, controller capabilities, like going forward. I think if we'd not got used to the idea that the controller can be part of the game too, you know, we wouldn't necessarily have had speakers go into it. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have had like gyros or touchscreens put on. Lights or, on the top. You know, maybe, yeah, maybe eventually those things would have come around. And I think it wouldn't. Be, I think possibly there have been speakers slash microphones and controllers pre uh, pre vibration, but. Yeah, I think it definitely it's it's led on to so many things as well. Not only does every controller now have rumble, but it's I think it's to me it feels like it kind of helped inspire extra controller frills as well. Yeah. So Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And it remember the PS3 didn't launch with vibration either. No, you're right. It was course, the six yeah. axis controller for a, for a good few months before everyone said this is stupid and Sony went fine and then they released the DualShock 3.
2: Well, everyone had been playing Lair. So, yeah, everybody uh, loves
1: Lair. They? they were like, I love I love the brilliant motion controls, but I wish I could feel, feel the rumble when I crash into mountains. That's what they wanted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think uh, vibration is huge. A lot of these peripherals, you know, gimmicky things over the years, it's largely just, they just get outdated with time, don't they? I think they just, it, rather than popularity fading because people are sick of them. I think it's just gen genuinely like technology moves forward onto the next better thing. It doesn't mean all of them yeah. are sensible. You know, they were still trying to sell us plastic instruments this generation and with mm. with, you know, just diminishing returns every time they tried it. But um for me, I've I've got to go with the multitap. For me personally, not looking at the industry as a whole, the multi tap was uh yeah. really was huge. Like it was it was massive and I have such fond memories of going to sleepovers with my friends in secondary school and we would play time splitters too and then time splitters future perfect and we would always mm-hmm. play arcade multiplayer games of that on the multi-tap all night and we'd all have our character that we'd play as and i'd always play as the chimp in future perfect and people would get really annoyed because yeah, you had to aim down fun, to shoot them and i was like <laughs> no it's the only way i cannot come last i've got to be the chimp. Um And I also have a a distinct memory of, again, the same cousins I used to visit who were playing Metal Gear Solid. They were also the people that sort of got me into wrestling. And they used to have wrestling DVDs. And they had SmackDown Here Comes the Pain on PS2, which I still think looks good now, graphically, still holds up. And Mm. watching it then, I was like, "This this is amazing. And I remember... And it would have been probably years after it came out because at that, you you know, when you're at that age, you have no concept of when games are new or not. Um, yeah, yeah. And my friend knew that and he bought it for me for my birthday, like a secondhand copy. And so I had my own copy of Here Comes the Pain. It's still the copy I have now and is the copy that was so scratched that I had to fix it with T-Cut, the stuff that you rub onto <laughs> cars to get scratches out. And it worked like f- rubbing T-Cut on the bottom of the disc actually worked. Uh, which was amazing. Um, But I remember that birthday and having, you know, four of us pile in to this PS2, stupid PS2 wrestling game in the, you know, the tables, ladders and chairs matches and the Royal Rumble and we're all jumping off ladders and stuff and it was, oh, it was so much fun. And I just Mm. think, you know, before wireless controllers allowed us to connect, you know, multiple players to the same console and before the advent of online on consoles, truly... Multi taps yeah. were were so important to that, and fostering that, even that desire to play with more than one other person, and so yeah, definitely yeah. the multi tap for for me personally.
2: Yeah, you're right to bring up time splitters as well. I when I think of the multi tap, my first thought is that L shaped, yes, gray PS one yeah. one. um But yeah, I definitely I I didn't own a PS two PS two multi tap, but I I did go around to friends' houses and play. Uh, time Mm is on the ps2 multitap it was always so confusing
1: signing in As are you player 1a 1b 1c i don't know it's not labeled i have a weird third party one that's blue and transparent i don't know (laughs) i don't know which person is which but it was amazing because you know you could all plug your memory cards into it rip memory cards that's something else i think i'd pine for nostalgically but really uh you know when when you look at where we are today flip memory cards right (laughs) who wants to worry about that when you can have it all saved and backed up on the cloud
2: i mean that's true but in some ways it was easier to just take your save data to someone else's house when you you literally just had to two minutes before you walk out the door Mm. yank your memory card out the console rather than remember okay i must remember to upload that if it's not uploaded already um yeah so there was a there's definitely a benefit to that but yeah and, you know, they had the little, the cute little icons, they like 3D icons when you went on the browser. They were
1: nice. It was nice having save data that was, you know, a megabyte rather than, you know, some games have, their save yeah. data is huge. I think I remember, hopefully they'll change it when they come back from their much needed hiatus. But certain wrestling games, all of your custom created stuff, rather than being saved to game data, to the hard drive, it was saved to the mm. save data. So the save data was like several oh. gigabytes in size and it was ridiculous. I and mean, obviously you've got Elder Scrolls games where it just gets bigger and bigger <laughs> every time yeah. you play it. Um, but yeah, man, it's a very nostalgic episode that's, this time.
2: It is. But that's mad though, isn't it? Thinking that save data now can be gigabytes. Mm. And it used to be, the, the entire memory card used to be, what was it, 8 megabytes, the memory yeah, card, some I think? Yeah, 16. Yeah. Yeah. God. Crazy. Wild. Crazy. But
1: let us know what you think is the most important peripheral or maybe just to you personally in the comments and also everything else we've spoken about. If they don't want to leave a comment, which I mean, why why wouldn't you? The comment section is always just a hive of lovely, wonderful people where everyone gets along and is polite to each other. How would they find us and get in contact, Peter?
2: Uh, We're available on social media at Twitter.com and Facebook.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. Luke Eldon looks after our social media on Facebook. So you can uh, you can get in touch on there. Uh if you do want to do comments though, youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump is where we do our videos and streams. And when we stream, we're looked after by Lord Brotovich Cecil Prumps, as well as Madstodactyl and Trowling Badger now. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um we've got a Patreon. Uh, patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. All kinds of rewards, such as asking questions on this very podcast and getting worse games ever early. Also, an exclusive room in our Discord, but uh, there's other rooms too at bit.ly forward slash team triple jump. And uh, Discord is modded by Jack and Joe. Um, the audio version of this podcast, if you're watching on YouTube, is available at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump. Uh, We've got a website, tripleja.mup. Got a careers tab, which currently has no careers, but keep an eye on it. And uh, all the live stream boards are available at tripleja.mup forward slash VODs or just YouTube uh, triple jump VODs you'll find it there too
1: absolutely you can follow Peter on Instagram and Twitter at that Peter Austin and myself just on Twitter at confused underscore dude we do lists every Tuesday and Thursday streams every Monday Thursday and Friday Thursday being the joint stream Blaze It on YouTube Monday and Friday being on Twitch limited schedule this week because I'm disappearing this afternoon so I won't be streaming so there's just a Peter stream this week um worst games ever is fortnightly friday for patrons of a certain tier sunday for everyone else the podcast is every saturday and we do shows one every other week please leave a review on itunes it helps something to do with al gore's rhythms now this week peter quite a, quite a full mm-hmm. on on this week uh yeah. there's an episode of worst games going out so friday would have been for patrons and for everybody else tomorrow if you're listening on the day of release uh, there was a video that I put together talking about my love of the PS3, where I played every single one of the US launch lineups. So that's those are games from 2006 in this, the year of our Lord 2020. So if you want to have a look at some uh, some old PS3 games and see how they hold up now, that video went out on Friday as well. So you can go give that a watch. Uh, next week, we've got an episode of what X means to me, what X game means to me, that is. And we've got a huge guest. We've got a really big guest, probably the biggest guest we've had on the channel before. So Very exciting. please be excited for that. That will be going out on Friday evening. I believe it should be going out on Friday evening. Um, so mm-hmm. make sure you catch that. And, I mean, if you're listening at the time of release, we are currently live at the Uplink oh gosh, Retro yeah. Expo doing a live episode of Worst Games. Uh, that would be August the 8th, obviously, today when when this releases. And uh, we've been live since 4pm. So I know it's too late for you to join in, but retrospe- <laughs> retroactively, sorry, retrospectively? retroactively we would like to thank uh, Uplink for having us and I'm sure it was a lovely time. And uh, if you did come along and uh, get tickets to come and watch the uh, watch the live show, we hope you enjoyed it.
2: <laughs> Retrospectively, I think you mean retro-expoly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right. I do mean that.
2: I do. Yeah.
1: Uh, anything else you want to say before we go, Peter?
2: Uh, No, I just want to ask you to remind us all about our fantastic family-friendly sponsor this week. Certainly. It's uh, the new gaming mascot for kids from
1: CD Projekt Red called Cyber Skunk Jenny Blenheim Bevan. And that will be a... (laughs) Why are you laughing? That will be a mobile game exclusively available on mum's iPhone.
2: Yeah, just mum's. A gift note from mum. A
1: gift note from mum. And uh, you've got to be under 12 to play it. That's a rule. That is a rule. It's going to fund the multiplayer for Cyberpunk 2077. That's a real sponsor and that's a real character and a real game all coming very soon. Right, we're going to go now. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you so much for listening and take care of yourselves. Bye. Bye -bye. (laughs) Bye-bye.